0: Inside the Adventure, Season 1, Episode 6, with Adam Kimball.
1: If you've ever been afraid to step outside your comfort zone, then you're in the right place.
2: Inside the Adventure features incredible athletes and everyday people sharing their epic stories of pushing life to its limits. Get ready to be inspired, face your fears, and take action with your host, Marshall Mosier.
0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Adventure. This is your host, Marshall Mosher. And guys, I can't say how excited I am to share an incredible story with you today from Adam Kimball, who actually attempted to break the world record for the fastest foot crossing of the continental United States of America just because he could. How's it
2: going today, Adam? Things are good, man. I don't know if if it's like this uh, where you're at, but the humidity is pretty brutal right now so we've got today it's like 95 with 100 percent humidity um so it's one of those walk outside and you're sweating within 10 seconds kind of days oh, but it's, other than, it's that, other than that's good yeah oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's pretty
0: much always like that in atlanta uh right. <laughs> so, atlanta's not known for too many things but that's one of the things <laughs> just constant year-round right um but uh, but yeah it's so great to have you on the show today thanks for joining us
2: yeah, thank you. I, I'm really excited to to chat further and uh, and be a part of this awesome program. Absolutely.
0: Well, we're we're super excited to uh, hear your your stories, uh, multiple stories. You have, I'm sure, you have a million. Um, and uh, from what I hear, they're they're extremely exciting. So to give everyone listening today a little bit more of a background on Adam, uh, I'll go through and and talk about some of the pretty awesome things you've done, uh, and then we can hear more from you, Adam. Uh, So following nearly three years as an event director, Adam spent last year traveling with his wife internationally through Chile, Thailand, Australia, and many other countries across a total of six continents. Following their return home to the States, uh, Adam set out in February to break the Guinness World Record for the fastest crossing of the United States on foot, traveling from Huntington Beach, California to Tybee Island, Georgia, completing the 2500 mile journey uh in 60 days that's remarkable uh what is that like an average of a little over 40 miles a day right
2: yeah we averaged uh so there were five days where we weren't doing anything so on the days that we ran we averaged 45 miles a day (laughs) i'm lucky if i if i run two miles a day
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah Uh, thank you that's incredible yeah and i i hear uh I hear you grew a really awesome beard during that time too. So did people think you were Forrest Gump running across the country?
2: <laughs> yeah, I got my I got my fair share of Forrest Gump comments from either people uh, that saw us on the side of the road or even sometimes people driving by yelling out the window. So that was uh that was always good. But in, in fairness, I had been growing the beard for the entire year that I was traveling with my wife as well. So it didn't just start before the run. It was uh, a lot of a lot of time went into that. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: did Did you have one of those uh, one of those yellow smiley face shirts like in the movie with the mud that he wipes his face off? On? Not,
2: you know, you're you're not the first person to to ask me about that, so I feel like that's that was a missed you opportunity. Get one. I, I know, I know. I had the uh, the Bubba Gump hat, okay, um, but that I was missing too. the smiley tee. Man, with that, hey, we'll we'll
0: have to get you one to thank you for yeah. being on the show with us today. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, totally. So how. How long did you train for that, by the way?
2: Uh, you know, I am I was kind of uh, just in the from the time that I began ultra running, I've really been in training mode ever since. So specifically for that, about a year. But ever since I started ultra running in 2014, I've pretty much at any moment been ready to run a long distance race. So it was kind of just building off of what I had already been doing.
0: That's amazing. Uh, well, I, I can't wait to hear some some of the really awesome stories, uh, from both from that trip and from your, um, trip abroad, uh, which sounds incredible. But before we dive into that, uh, I always like to start by, uh, kind of seeing how our guests got started themselves. Um, so when did you start running? Uh, how did you get into the sport? Uh, and when did you kind of adopt that as part of your, your lifestyle?
2: Yeah. So it's funny when I look back on it because running was never, an interest of mine. I was always an athlete, but running was more of a punishment, you know, anytime I was playing the sports I played. So I, I went to Bradley university in uh, Peoria, Illinois. I played baseball there and, uh, running was not on my agenda at that time. And it wasn't until I, I I graduated in 2009. And then in 2011, uh, in the fall, my wife and I got married and leading up to that, we had decided we wanted to do some fitness activities, kind of to get in shape and just to have something to do for fun. So we signed up for a half marathon, uh, in the summer of 2011. And, uh, that kind of set off a series of events that has led to where we're at now. So I tell my wife, anytime she you know, think something that I'm doing is crazy. I tell her that really it was her that started it because <laughs> initially it was her idea to, to run the half marathon. She and, didn't know uh, what she was getting herself into,
0: huh?
2: No, I didn't either. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, that, that kind of started it. And I think it was it was just an opportunity for me to um, to kind of channel a competitive outlet that i had always had for playing sports. And it was a great way to challenge myself personally. And um, it turned into... Uh, an opportunity for me to spend time in nature and be alone with my thoughts for long periods of time, um, as we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, yeah, it really, I never saw it coming in the way that it did. But now, uh, ultra running is a huge part of my life. That's funny you mentioned it was
0: uh, your wife that kind of got it started with that uh, first half marathon because I'm actually. Uh, training for the exact same thing, which was my girlfriend's idea. So she's going to listen to this <laughs> podcast. And, uh, <laughs>
2: uh, I guess we're going to start running uh, ultra marathons. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it, it's funny, Marshall. I pe- a lot of times I'll talk to people and and, you know, they're a little bit mind blown by by the run across America and some of the 50 or 100 mile races that I do. But I tell them that you know, if I had been talking to somebody five years ago or maybe even less than that four years ago about the same thing, I would have had the same reaction. So, you know, if something if you feel called to something and it really uh, piques your interest and your passion, it's incredible what can happen in a short amount of time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's a really common theme with a lot of our guests. Uh, People say, you know, if you look at the end goal. Uh, with the end result, it's very hard to picture how you go from where most listeners are uh, to that point. Uh, right. It's really almost impossible to visualize that. But what every single uh, guest on the show has said is is that it really starts off slow. It's a combination of little steps that helps you get there. Um, Absolutely. So, what was uh, kind of what was um, your thought process when when you finished your first half marathon? Uh, and what kind of got you from that point of accomplishing that first, uh, really awesome goal to deciding that you wanted to keep uh, stepping up from there.
2: Yeah. So as you'll find out after you run your race, uh, you had, you just have a, a really great sense of accomplishment after, after doing, uh, putting in the time to train and, and get prepared for and then execute a race like that. And so, um, a lot of people, when they, when they run rate, you know, distance races, they, don't necessarily enjoy all the training and the process leading up to it. But that was actually something that I really liked because it was kind of like, um, a testament to, you know, you get to race day and it was a testament to the training that you had done and, and seeing what you could do on that day, um, from the weeks or months that you had prepared in advance. So I really liked the idea of, you know, what can I, how much better can I do or what else can I do if I put in the right training and, and take time to prepare and, and get myself ready for something like this. And that kind of um, led to some more thoughts. And then the next thing I knew, I'd sign up for the Chicago Marathon the next year. And uh, I went and I ran that race. And the funniest part about that was, as soon as that race was over, I remember saying these words to my wife. I said, that was an incredible experience, but I think I'm good with just one marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and and then as a lot of runners uh, find out that, you know you make comments like that and then two weeks later you're signed up for another race and and that's what happened to me and uh so you know less than two weeks after that first marathon i thought i was done and then i'd sign up for another marathon and um you know it just kept going from there
1: yeah
0: it's it's hard to stay away when you find something uh, that's really exciting this kind of a new um you know a new uh passion of yours it's it's, yeah absolutely uh, it's hard to stop
2: absolutely yeah yeah it is
0: that's awesome so um As you kind of kept training throughout the marathon process uh, and then getting to where you are today, um, looking back on how you were when you first started versus how you are now, um, how have a lot of the things you've experienced uh, in all of these races uh, changed you, both your mindset as well as well as your physical health, um, as well as uh, just your outlook on life? What's different uh, from now versus when you first started?
2: Yeah. Uh, the short answer is everything, (laughs) but, uh, to add a little more color and detail to that, um, from a physical standpoint, I, you know, I think my, my body and my health and my lifestyle has completely changed from the time that I started running to now. Um, I've is one of those things where, um, I mentioned it's interesting to see how your, your training and your preparation can pay off. Well, that not only goes from the physical side of it, for me, it went into the health side of it. So the things I was eating, what I was putting into my body, and then how that played into my performance. So next thing I knew, I started eating healthier. And then, you know, I'm reading uh, about all these ultra runners and, um, and endurance athletes that are vegans and vegetarians. So then I start looking into that and how I can play with that in my diet. And, um, you know, it, it opened up a whole realm of things on that side of it. So, so the physical standpoint, um, completely changed in that I'm much much healthier, um, obviously more active from from all the races and, and training and different things, and um, it's it's really just improved my uh, well being and, and quality of life, which is great. Not that I was a super unhealthy person before, but there's a you know noticeable difference um, from when I started running. Um, and then in terms of uh, mentally, I think any, any endurance sport or, or any, uh, really strenuous activity of any kind helps to helps to build, um, a lot of mental endurance and just kind of perseverance, you know? Um, and, uh, ultra running is a a classic case of that. You go into a race and, um, if it's anything over, I mean, even if it's a marathon, but anything beyond that, there's, a uh, number of factors that can end up derailing the race or, or lead to, you know, uh, bad things happening uh, throughout the day. And so you learn to really bounce back from things and, and understand that um, it's all part of the process and you're going to have good days and bad days. And sometimes the really good days have bad parts to them and you just got to fight through them and, and continue going. So um, the the mental aspect of it is huge because you really start to uh, to recognize um, in running, as in life, there are a lot of obstacles to overcome. And uh, the more that you overcome them, the more you continue to overcome greater and greater obstacles after that. So um, I think that's the, the most valuable thing for me that I've learned from ultra running. And one of the reasons that I love it so much is that it, it kind of has given me a completely new outlook on life and on uh, the The struggles and, and different things that we go through and how to overcome them and, and come out better on the other side. I'm really glad you brought that up, Adam, because there
0: really are so many parallels um, between uh, kind of some of the hurdles you have to uh, uh, you know run through in in all of your races as well as some of the things that you run into uh, just in everyday life. And I'm sure that the the mindset alone and the, um, uh, the lessons you learn from those races, uh, help in huge ways and everything else.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I actually, uh, interesting that you bring that up. I, I was just reading uh, the other day. There's a there's a really well known one of the one of the most well known uh, 100 mile races in the U.S. is called the Hard Rock 100, and uh, it was last weekend actually. And um, the there were two guys um, who uh, who ran together uh, and finished in first together, and and one of them. He was uh, he was talking after the actually he was talking prior to the race about how, uh, you know, sometimes he has a race, an ultra and, and afterwards he thinks to himself, why would I do this to myself again? You know, um, and then he's out there again later on and, and he's doing it again. And it really what it came down to for him was um, you get out there in a race and you completely strip away all of you strip away everything and then it gets down to just the you out there in nature um, fighting your battles and, uh, and, and seeing what you're made of. And so it's a really cool way to test yourself and, and to see what you're really capable of by putting yourself under uh, a lot of duress.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. Um, and, and speaking of that, uh, I'd love to hear more about some of those situations where, uh, were there ever some times, um, uh, throughout the race, uh, where, something surprising happened that you kind of had to overcome or some kind of, uh, interesting memory or story that you had to push through?
2: Yeah. During the run across America, it was almost daily that I was having to, <laughs> to go through some of these run. things. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't anticipate it being that way. I knew obviously, uh, something of that magnitude, you know, you're going to have a lot of, of challenges, but, um, I wasn't anticipating the number of injuries, and uh and pain that I was gonna have to endure. Uh it was something that fortunately for me in in my ultra running career, albeit short, I you know, I haven't really had too many injuries that I've had to deal with at all. So once I got out on this run and things kind of started cropping up, um, then it was uh again, you know, encountering challenges I'd never dealt with before and finding a way to to overcome them and keep going. So um, you know, I think it was it was like day two or day three When I first started having pretty significant pain, which is hilarious to think about because that was—I mean, day two or day three—I was thinking if something (laughs) was going to happen, it'd be maybe week three or week four, you know? Yeah, I still have a long ways to go. Right. So, um, so yeah, you just had to. I I definitely uh, a huge thing that I learned was that you have to take everything one step at literally one step at a time. Um, And you know, I was in—I can remember being in Arizona uh like 6 6 or 7 more states away from finishing and thinking to myself you know how based off of how i feel right now how are we going to get across the country there's just no way you know and you have to you have to take a step back and focus just on the present and take it one minute one hour one day at a time because if you look at the whole big picture like you said you referenced that earlier it's uh, it can be uh overwhelming and, and too much to to handle but when you take it one day at a time, slowly but surely you end up getting where you're going so that's what we did and um, fortunately we we got to uh the atlantic ocean wow so w- when you
0: first had some of those injuries early on, uh what were some of the things that um, that were going through your head I'm sure uh, as you said before, you were expecting if you had something like that, it'd be, you know, on day 40 instead of day two. Right. Did you ever have the, uh, kind of the urge to say, well, I'm injured. Maybe we should try this another time and, and give up. And what we'll kept you going?
2: Yeah, I did. I actually, um, one, uh, one thing that really is, is still vivid in my mind. I had a conversation with my wife who was part of the crew. Um, she was out with me we were walking. It was sometime in the first week. I don't remember what day exactly, but, um, I turned to her and I said, <laughs> her name's Karen, and I said, Karen, what is the minimum amount of miles that I need to cover on this um, before giving up and it being just totally embarrassing that I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the the thought of, you know, I, I couldn't stop on day three, you know, however many miles, 150 miles in. So I was thinking to myself, what what do we have to get to? But in the back of my mind, I knew even though I wasn't gonna reach the initial goal of breaking the record, I knew that it was gonna be something that I was gonna regret if I, even if I came back and tried it again later. I knew this time, if I could, if there was anything that I had left, and I could push myself to to make it through, I knew I needed to do it because um, it's one of those things where, in the moment, it's easy to it's easy to make that decision and say, okay, uh, I'm just gonna give it another shot, and then maybe a couple of days or a week later i think to myself oh I, you know i think maybe i would have had a little more i could have could have pushed and seen what i could have done so that was always running through my head was don't have don't have to have that conversation with yourself unless it's absolutely mandatory and your body is you know completely demanding that you need to stop you
0: know that reminds me of uh of a saying my wrestling coach used to tell me uh he would always he would always tell us uh pain is temporary but pride lasts for a
2: lifetime right
0: that sounds that's
2: that's <laughs> that's funny that you say that, because literally yesterday I saw that uh, someone was wearing a shirt that said that on the back just really? yesterday. Oh, yeah. wow. yeah, That's yeah, funny.
0: <laughs> that is funny. But yeah, that seems <laughs> like it it, uh, it it definitely applies to this in so many ways. So so what was your wife's answer when when uh, when you asked her what the minimum
2: amount of miles was? It, did you say twenty five hundred before? Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> actually, I, I think what she said was, uh, let's just try to get to, you know, maybe 20 days of running, and then see what happens. And uh, and then it was kind of one of those things where I got to a 1,000 miles, and it was like, oh, okay, well, maybe let's try to get to 1,500. Uh, and then 2,000, and then all of a sudden it's, okay, now we can actually do this, you know? And then uh, it gets to that point mentally where it's manageable to think about the end, as opposed to when I was in Arizona, you know, wondering how it was possibly going to get there.
0: Yeah, I guess that really goes back to that mindset of just make small, manageable goals. Um, yeah. And uh, if you can... If you can uh take that next step and get to that next small point, then you can make it to the next one after that and just keep going instead of looking at the whole picture
2: absolutely yeah i uh i'm I'm glad that you mentioned that as well because a big theme of of our journey and something that um, I've, ha- I've had i've had an incredible opportunity to um to go into several schools uh, a couple of businesses churches and uh and give talks to um you know, students, leadership teams, different people like that about the journey and kind of uh, different things that I've learned. And one of the things that I stress to all those groups is that um, it's important to be willing and okay with readjusting and adapting goals. So our initial goal was setting the Guinness World Record for the fastest crossing of the US on foot. And um, if you had told me before I started that that wasn't going to happen, I might have thought to myself, oh, well, that's a, a, you know, missed missed opportunity, failed goal um, and not what we set out to do. But instead, we readjusted the goal. We said, "Okay, we're not going to break the record, but instead, let's just get from coast to coast. That will still be a great accomplishment. And uh, in being willing to change that goal, we ended up having probably more of an impact on the people that followed our journey um, than if we had just gone through unscathed and, and set the record. So. Uh, I, that was a, a a lesson I'll never forget. In in just being okay with sometimes changing goals and then finding success in other ways. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's so important to be adaptable and to uh, just
0: kind of you know modify uh what what you're doing based on the situation. Uh, right. So yeah, that's so true. Did um did any of that mindset come from your uh year long trip across the world? Because uh, I know that was before your
2: race, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, so I how think did that help you prepare. Uh, that was. For countless uh, reasons, that was a really, really great experience and something that uh, taught both myself and my wife a lot about. Kind of just, you know, going going after your dreams and, and not being afraid to uh, to tackle something that um, that you're you're passionate about, even if it seems crazy to you or to other people. So for us. You know, we, we both had good jobs. Uh, like you said at the beginning of the show, I was an event director at a company in uh, Chicago called Red Frog Events. I loved that job. I loved the people that I worked with. My wife uh, was in finance and accounting for um, an insurance company in Chicago. She had a very good job as well. And uh, so people thought we were crazy when both of us gave up those jobs and then spent the entire year traveling abroad. But it was something that we both knew we had really wanted to do. We wanted uh, we had had a, a fair amount of international uh, travel experience prior to that, and we loved getting to experience other cultures um, and really getting to meet people from those cultures and and have personal experiences with them. And so um, we knew that was something that we wanted to do on a much larger scale. And so it was interesting because of the fact that, you know, I, I'd say, looking at percentages, probably 90% of the people that we, uh, shared what we were doing with thought we were crazy. And then the other 10% were just really excited for us. (laughs) Um, so it was, uh, it it was just, that was kind of, that created kind of the windfall of not being afraid to, uh, to go after big dreams and, and know that you don't have to have all the answers when you set out to achieve it and you can continue to, to make progress towards the goal even after you set out on the goal. So, that that really that I don't think we would have run. I don't think I would have made the decision to run across America if we hadn't first had that opportunity to travel internationally. Absolutely, yeah. I,
0: I, I'm sure it played such a big uh, role in helping to create that dream. Um, yeah. But yeah, if uh, if all the listeners haven't figured this out already, uh, a point one of the points of this podcast is to show uh, how sometimes being crazy uh, isn't uh, isn't a bad thing. So (laughs)
1: it's um, never a bad thing. It's it's never a bad thing. Exactly.
0: Um, So what did you uh, what did you tell people? You know, I'm sure you had a million people, including, uh, you know, family and friends say, look, you have an amazing job. Uh, You have an incredible career. Why are you leaving? Why are you doing this? Uh, And what helped you kind of keep a level head and say, this is what I want to do. Thanks for your concern. But I'm doing this. How do you get through that?
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, for me, it was, you know, my wife and I both, we both had talked extensively about, uh, the opportunity and it actually really, the idea to do this kicked off. We had a, we had a trip in, uh, 2014, we went to New Zealand and that was one of the best experiences we'd ever had internationally. And that sort of started just the conversation of, Hey, do we want to maybe like, could we do this? more longer term, uh, and and see how that goes. So we had had lots of conversations. We both felt very, very strongly that we wanted to do it. Um, and then once we made the decision to do it, then it was all about, um, surrounding ourselves with people that were going to, uh, be willing to give us good advice and do it in an objective way, you know? So, um, we have some, some people close to us that, that were really encouraging and supportive of what we were doing and, and let us know, um, their thoughts without saying, Oh, I think you're, you're crazy. And, uh, and really just kind of serving as, as mentors for us to, to know that, that we had support even when, um, there was a lot of people questioning what we were doing. So, uh, so it's always good to have those people that you can bounce ideas off of who will, will hear them and, and give their honest feedback, you know, without, um, making a judgment one way or another about what they think that, about what you're doing. So, so it was good for us to surround ourselves with with people like that and know that, um, that we had, um, people, people looking out for our best interests and, and, uh, people who were willing to say, Hey, I, I think that is an awesome idea and you should go for it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's so many people out there that want to do similar things, but, uh their dreams just get shot down by everyone saying no that's stupid you shouldn't do that um so right. it's so important to have that you know at least a couple people that are uh, kind of
2: serve as mentors for you and help help make it a reality so uh, yeah and I, I i think culturally we're just um it's just how as a society we're you know a lot of times we let other people's opinions and things formulate and affect the decisions that we make and you know that's just how it is so you have to be you have to be aware of You know, am I making this decision because a bunch of people told me they thought I was going to make the wrong decision or you just have to analyze and and really look at uh, your reasons for doing something and, you know, how you feel about it. And if you're really passionate about it, not letting um, other uh, outside influences, you know, take you away from that path. Exactly. And and that's why it's so great to uh, to be able to hear
0: from amazing guests like yourself that talk about kind of the outcome of a lot of these stories, because I know uncertainty is a big factor that deters a lot of people. Uh, but hearing stories like yourself are always really inspiring um, to show people that, uh, well, you know, it's, it's going to be okay, it's going to turn out well, and it's going to be an incredible life changing adventure.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So tell us a little bit more about uh some of the stories that you saw. I'm sure you had some incredible experiences uh traveling across the world through six different continents. What was one of the most memorable one?
2: You know, I'm going to I'll give a general answer to this. I I mentioned that one of the things that my wife and I love doing uh we're getting to know people within the culture and having uh personal experiences with them. So uh, to start our trip, we began in, in South America and our first stop was Peru. And we stayed, we ended up staying, uh, it was through Airbnb, but we stayed with uh, a Peruvian family there. Um, and I'm talking the whole family, grandparents, um, you know, the kids, grandkids, everybody was all in a, It was a big communal setting uh, like a lot of uh, uh, other cultures are used to doing. And we stayed with them. They, we were there for uh, just shy of a month. And, uh, it was like, we were their family. I mean, they would have family functions, birthday parties, things like that. And we got invited to everything. And, uh, it was so cool to, I mean, it's, it's great to experience a culture, no matter what regard that's in, you know, whether you're there for a couple of days or for a month. But I think what really sets for me personally, what really sets experiences apart are being able to immerse yourself in that culture. So. If I go to a place for a month and i and I go around and, and see things myself, I'll get to see a lot of really cool things. But if I go to some place and I stay with a family that lives there and they show me what their life is like on a daily basis and and invite me to to do the things that they do, uh that's where you really get to know what a place is like and so that was that really set the tone for our entire year of travel um being able to experience such incredible things early on in the trip and then that kind of uh encouraged us to get plugged into to every community that we went to so sometimes we'd go and um and volunteer and and work at on a farm uh you know we worked on a farm in both uh chile thailand and australia um and when you when you work on a farm you get to you know see what life is like as the people living there and then you eat with them you live with them and you really get to soak up the experience so it's uh um that was something that was really important to us and we tried to do that as much as we could in, in all the countries that we visited. Yeah, those types of experiences where you really get ingrained with the local culture are so
0: much more impactful and valuable. Um Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, I always I, I kinda call the difference uh personally just between uh touristy traveling and local based traveling. Uh and it's all traveling, but sometimes people right. uh will um uh not kind of go the extra step and uh and really immerse themselves in the culture and and there's really a lot you miss out when you do that
2: um yeah and and that you know that's that's not to say that touristy traveling is, is a bad thing from time to time, but yeah, it's definitely um like you said, you really i feel you don't know a place until you know the people, exactly,
0: yeah, the people are always the most fascinating part of of any story and of any destination that I always go to for um, sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible to hear. Um, Well, I know you probably have a million stories from that trip. We could (laughs) could do a whole uh, season of this podcast. about. (laughs) But uh, if, um, if there's one takeaway that everyone listening today uh, could remember from all the stories you shared with us and all the uh, insight and inspiration, uh, one thing that they could take with them, uh, what would that be?
2: I would say, um, just kind of, just find ways to push yourselves outside of the boundaries that you're used to. Um, sometimes it, it's easier said than done, you know, putting yourself in, a, in an uncomfortable situation. Um, I think when, when traveling, uh, for us, it was, you know, sometimes it's easy if you, if you uh if you want to make it as easy as possible you can go to a place you can hole yourself up somewhere or, or go out and do a few things and then come back to wherever you're staying but um when you open yourself up to other opportunities and and getting connected to to different people there's a lot more that goes into it but you also get a lot more out of it as well so um i think not being afraid to uh you know to get yourself a little bit uncomfortable because oftentimes the results of that are are pretty awesome and with the run across America it was uh, you know I I guess one thing for me that was kind of difficult early on was we uh, we announced what we were doing before we set off on the journey and that was to um, to get everybody within our community that was interested in following kind of keyed into what we were doing um, but a side effect of that was that we ended up getting, more media than we had anticipated getting in that uh, was not something we sought out. You know, one local newspaper came to us, they wrote a story. And then from that, Runner's World, Outside Magazine, and several other publications caught wind of our story. And then they started reaching out and publishing stories. And so it was a little uncomfortable for me um, talking about something that we were doing before we had actually done it. Um, But again, that just goes back to what I was just saying about sometimes you got to get a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I put myself out there and uh, we didn't achieve what we initially set out to achieve, but I think our journey ended up being far more valuable than I ever could have imagined. So put yourself out there and see what happens.
0: That's awesome advice, Adam. Uh, It's funny you mentioned that because the first quote that we put on the bottom of every page of our first Vestigo website is, uh, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone yeah which is exactly oh. uh the message that that you're saying so couldn't couldn't, couldn't agree, agree more. more yeah for sure <laughs> exactly <laughs> jinx uh, awesome well um thanks so much for for joining us today and and sharing all of those incredible stories and and insight um that's uh that was it was really awesome to listen to uh and i, I really pre- appreciate you taking the time to come out with us today
2: no problem, Marshall. Thanks a lot. And uh, I'm really looking forward to to following uh, the great things that you guys do on this podcast. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, we're excited
0: for it. And, and uh, all of the amazing things about the podcast are all 100% from our guests and listening to people like yourself. So, um, So only you can take the credit.
2: thanks man that means a lot (laughs)
0: absolutely and for everyone out there that wants to know more about adam we'll put all his contact info in the show notes so you can check out uh all of the uh, trips and races he's done uh and stay up to date with all the ones you'll do in the future sounds great awesome well thanks again adam it's really uh it's really been a, a huge pleasure and uh would we'll love to uh, go on a race with you soon. I don't know if I can keep up with uh, an ultra marathon, but maybe like a, a nice five miler.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever you're down for, I'm game, Marshall. Let's make it happen.
0: There we go. We'd love to. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Adam. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by Vestigo, a peer-to-peer adventure sharing platform that lets people experience the best an area has to offer by connecting with the local professionals that both have the gear and the knowledge to facilitate incredible and unique outdoor experiences. People have even called it an Airbnb for outdoor guides. Recently, we
1: talked to Tyler, a fan of Vestigo who has gone on four trips so far. Let's see here. So I guess the most memorable so far is uh, Mount Yona. It's my favorite spot. I've gone there with Vestigo and then actually I've gone there by myself a couple times afterwards because I loved it. Most memorable because I went rappelling off the side of a mountain for the first time. Do you think you would have gone rappelling if you were not on a Vestigo trip? I do not. No. Uh, Maybe someday in the future. Uh, Of course, just like anything else, you'd be like, yeah, I can get around to that. Vestigo allowed it to be like, let's do it. You want to do it? Here's when, here's where, you know, let's go.
2: What would you say to someone that is on the fence about going on a trip? Go.
1: Yes. go now. It's, uh, it's. You just can't beat it. You can't do it yourself. It's not like they're providing someone the motivation to do something that they could do themselves, but maybe don't. I mean, and, and, and they can, but it's just, there's nothing matched going in a group. I mean, if you want to go on vacation somewhere, whether you want to do some activity, like having the group of people makes it, just makes it. And uh, so, so going to do something for the first time with... 10 to 15 other people who might also be doing it for the first time that maybe I know them, maybe I don't. We can kind of share our, you know, nerves or experiences or how awesome it was afterwards. Um, and then just going with someone that knowledgeable, um, you know, it's it just all around, I enjoyed it so much that I've gone back three times since. Vestigo, an adventure sharing platform that provides people the knowledge, confidence, and safety
2: to rappel off a cliff for the first time. To learn more about Vestigo, Visit their website at vestigo.co, B-E-S-T-I-G-O dot C-O. When you sign up for your trip, use the promo code PODCAST and receive 10% off your first trip. Vestigo, find an adventure, book a trip, go.